Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Beef Up Front podcast here on PickSwap Media. Back for NFL Big Five games of the week, as well as our best bets and upsets special. I'm joined by Kevin Cannon again tonight. Welcome back to the show, Kevin. How are we? Thanks. It's good to be back again. Can't believe already week four. Uh, but before we end the week four, we'll wrap. We'll recap week three. Got out to a roaring start on the year. I was feeling high and mighty, going eleven five and one, then ten and seven. Then last week slapped me in the face with a four and thirteen week. Uh, one and four straight up. One and four against the spread. Two and three over under, and then lost my upset special and best bet. Four and thirteen. Now I'm exactly 25, 25 and one on the year. And then we go to you, Kevin. You had a bounce back week. Still not, not our best work, but seven and ten overall, two and three straight up, zero and five against the spread, three and two on the totals. Uh, but you did get your upset special and your best bet. So kudos to you on that one. That was seven and ten, pushing your record for the year to nineteen and thirty-two. So we both had one bad week, I think we could say so far. You had the nine and eight first week, seven and ten, respectable. We both had one bad week, so. Looking to turn it around here as we get into week four. Um, as always, covering the best five games on the schedule for the week. Uh, we're not going to have the Thursday night game on it this week. I was thinking about putting it in, but it sounds like the, the Dolphins could be missing some guys who are injury. So we're going to start off with Sunday morning out in London. We have the Vikings at 2-1 and one versus the Saints, who are 1-2. and two. Uh, As I said, out in London, I believe playing at Tottenham Stadium, 9.30 a.m. on NFL Network. Vikings, two-and-a-half-point favorite over under 44. What are your thoughts on this game, Kev? I got the Vikings winning 24, Saints 17. Vikings minus two-and-a-half and the under of 44 hitting. This game, like you said, is being played in London, so everyone's going to wake up early Sunday morning, and a lot of people probably won't even realize that there's NFL happening until it's too late, but it's really not that big of a deal because this game, I don't think it's going to be a great offensive performance. I was pretty high on the Saints, though, coming into the season. I'm really disappointed in how Jameis has played because I thought he was turning a page in his career with the turnovers and he was playing a little bit better. But the Vikings have shown to be a little more competent throughout the young season so far, and I think the Vikings offense really won't miss Dalvin Cook if he's not able to go this week with Alexander Madison. And when he's out there, he looks almost identical to Cook. You wouldn't really even notice that Cook's not playing. I also trust Kirk Cousins a little more than James at this point, and hopefully Justin Jefferson can have another big game here like he did week one against the uh, Packers. And I think the Vikings begin to get their season back on track here, and I still think that they could uh, possibly win their division this year. Yeah, I like the Vikings in this one too, Kevin. I have them winning a little bit closer than you, but I still have them covering. I got them 23-20, so give me Vikings minus 2.5, under 44. Um, the Vikings come into this one after that late fourth quarter comeback against the Lions last week, and the Saints are now 1-2 and two after losing to the Panthers, giving them their first one of the season. Uh, like you were kind of saying, Kevin, you were high on the Saints coming into the year. So were a lot of people on the outside. I wasn't one of them, and we're now seeing why is my kind of belief behind not uh, having them not having a good season was just because of Jameis and new head coach Dennis Allen. I just couldn't trust that duo, and I can't trust Jameis week in, week out due to his turnover issues. He threw two more interceptions last week, bringing his total to the young season to five already. Alvin Kamara has been a bit of a shell of himself, being ineffective on the ground and in the passing game. Uh, I kind of wish the Vikings lost last week as this would have been kind of, I know it's still real early in the season, but one of those like win or go home type games where the loser would have gone to one and three, faced like a real steep climb to get back into the playoff picture. Um, 
But we got the Vikings at two and one now. I think the the Lions are really kicking themselves for not finding a way to win that game on the road last week. Uh, Dalvin most likely going to be out this week, it sounds like. But like you were touching on, Kevin, I don't see a huge difference between the two because whenever Alexander Madison plays, he seems to produce. He's a guy who will probably get like another opportunity to be a starter somewhere else and he'll get like a big contract but only have one or two big years because he's already had a lot of a lot of touches in his time in Minnesota just because of the amount of injuries Dalvin's had. Um, these teams are pretty evenly matched by season's end. I could see them both around eight to ten wins. This should be a good game where I think the Vikings will will do still have a chance to win the division. They were my pick, but I think both these teams most likely are going to be battling for a wild card spot come season's end. So this could be a big one come come out tiebreaker time. But just the turnovers of Jameis are, are leaving me uh, without a lot of faith for the Saints. So I think the turnover battle is the key in this one, and the Vikings are able to pull out an ugly win across the pond. So Vikings minus two and a half, under 44 there. Second game of the week, we go to the AFC now. Bills two and one at the Ravens two and one. One o'clock on CBS. Bills minus three going into the game, over under 53 and a half. I got the Bills covering. Bills 31, Ravens 27. And the over of 53 and a half hidden. Neither team comes in this game with their defense looking great. The Bills had a pretty good defense, but injuries to the secondary has really caused that to uh, slip away a little bit. So hopefully they'll be able to get a little more up to speed. While the Ravens just haven't had a, a very tough defense at all this year, like we've been accustomed to seeing, them, seeing from them over the years. Ravens defense let up a bunch of big plays against the Dolphins earlier this year in that big come from behind win. And the, um, Bills have a bunch of offensive weapons just like the Dolphins do, so I think the Bills will be able to take advantage of their defense. The other two teams that the Ravens played, the Pats and the Jets, really don't have a ton of offensive weapons for them to really worry about, so they were able to take care of those games. The Bills still have a very good offense, and I think they'll be able to take advantage, like I said, of the Ravens' lackluster defense. I think Lamar will still have a really good game here and continue his MVP campaign, but I just think the Bills are going to make more plays. I'm going to go with the Ravens at home here, not just to cover, but to win outright. I'm going to take them 33, Bills 30, so Ravens plus three, over 53 and a half. The big question going into this one and surrounding the Bills and really the entire NFL, I think, right now is the injuries with this Bills team. As last week, they missed four starters on defense, and Michael Hyde's now on season-ending IR. The top two rosters, in my eyes, in the AFC going into the year were the Bills and Chargers, and injuries have really hit them hard in the early going. Uh, good thing for the Bills, though, they still have Josh Allen, who kind of plays that Superman-type role for this team to overcome some of these injuries. Uh, one thing about the Bills is, though, they are struggling to run the ball consistently. Allen can be as good as anybody each and every Sunday, but I've said it over the past few years and talking in these games, and I've always said it come playoff time, if they can't run the ball at a high level, they're going to get knocked out of the playoffs again. You just have to be able to find a – consistent solid running game that's just not your quarterback running quarterback power every other play or something um, james cook rookie running back out of georgia he's been the highest graded rookie running back per pro football focus so far and that's been on very limited touches i think they need to find a way to expand his role and give him the football more see if he can open up some more things for josh allen and take the pressure off him lamar has been playing though out of his mind to start the year and in my opinion is leading the mvp mvp race right now neck and neck with jalen hurts um Baltimore is always a tough place to go in and play. Lamar, during his time as a starter there, is 20-6. and six, So really hard to go in there and, and beat them. 
with Dobbins back in the full now as well and Lamar's improvements that we've seen so far in the passing game, he's leading an elite offense, putting up 33 per game right now. I'm going to take the Ravens in a shootout here. So Ravens plus three over 53 and a half and the Bills fall to two and two. Third game of the week, the one I'm looking forward to the most, of course, might be in attendance at this guy. This is two and one overall Jaguars. Don't know the last time we said that at the three and Eagles looking like the best team in the NFL right now, Kev. One o'clock on CBS Eagles minus seven over under 48. What are your thoughts on this matchup? I got the Eagles winning 31, not covering though. So the Jags with 27 and the over of 48 hidden. Both teams have looked great to uh, start the year. The Eagles, like you said, potentially the best team in the NFL in the young season. But Doug Peterson's coming back home to the link this week. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see a statue outside the stadium. I heard him say today that he's never seen it in person. The Eagles are the better team, and they will come out on top of the Jags here. But I think the Jags are going to play tough and make it a real tough game for the Eagles to just walk away with. So the Eagles aren't going to be able to just manage the game and run the clock out in the second half like they have the past two weeks. Trevor Lawrence has taken a step forward in year two here after a terrible first year under Urban Meyer and just a whole bunch of chaos and dysfunction down there in Jacksonville. I think Peterson's done a really good job of just stabilizing that franchise. And he's a really good coach and he's taken advantage of his QB who was once a once in a generational talent. That being said, there's just not one thing that the Eagles are really doing bad this year and that there's a position group or anything that they're weak at besides maybe punt returning. It's the only thing I can think of. And Hurts and the offense are rolling and the defense is just playing as well as anyone in the league. So I think the Eagles come out on top here. I agree, Kev, with the Eagles winning this one. I thought last week might have been a trap spot and Washington would keep that game close and definitely cover. Um I just can't think that way with this team right now. They're looking too good and too dynamic. And like you said, have kind of just been stalling out on offense a little bit and maybe just running it, uh, just trying to win the game in the second half. I think we see this week a full four-quarter performance and just how good this team really is. So I think Eagles win this one pretty comfortably. I'm going to have them 30, Jags 17, so Eagles minus seven, under 48. Very impressed with the Jags, though, so far in the Peterson era. They're a few plays away from being 3-0. They could have won that game definitely in week one versus Washington. Uh, but this is a game just really, really hits the, the heart hard with this one. Uh, a lot of fun memories. Doug Peterson was the head coach during the most exciting time in Philadelphia Eagles history. Um, and he returns here for the first time since leaving the Eagles and that, that mess after 2020. So going to be really cool to see him. Really excited to see all the all the cheers and all the, the praise I think that he, he gets and that he deserves when he comes back out onto the field on Sunday as head coach. Um, but leading Trevor Lawrence, he's looked great so far these past two weeks. And then they made that cross-country trip, was which is never hard, all the way to L.A., beat that Chargers team that many, including myself, view as a top-flight team in the NFL. As always, Char Chargers somehow get ravished by injuries, but that's a story for the, another day. But this game is all about the Eagles, in my opinion. They've looked from top to bottom the best team in the NFC – Probably the NFL as well. Uh, if you take out all the, the injury woes that the Bills have been going through, they played great pass coverage, which I've been most impressed with probably. Rushed the passer really well last week, opened up the passing game, have rejuvenated Miles Sanders looking like a dynamic back again. The list goes on and on. You can't really nitpick anything except maybe the punt return and, and the second half offense like you were touching on. Um, I think until they give you a reason why, you have to pick them to win and you have to pick them to win comfortably. So I think Eagles spoiled Doug's return to Philly by winning by uh, two touchdowns here, got them 30 to 17. So Eagles minus seven with under 48. 
Fourth game of the week, Sunday night football now. Chiefs at 2-1. and one. At the Bucks, 2-1, 820 on NBC. Chiefs are three-point favorite over under 45. We got the Chiefs winning by 10, 30, Bucks 20, Chiefs covering that three-point spread, and the over of 45 hidden. The Bucks offense is not getting it done at this point, and it's hard to see anything really changing with so many moving parts all over their offense with people retiring in the offseason, unretiring, and then just injuries that have hit the wide receiver wide receiver and offensive line position all season long. It's more likely that the Chiefs figure things out on offense than the Bucks. They have shown it at times this year that they still can be not the Chiefs that we're used to, but still a very dynamic offense, while the Bucks really haven't shown anything. Yes, the Bucks defense is very good, and I think that they are going to play good here and keep Brady within striking distance, but it's just not going to be enough. Neither of these QBs usually lose two games in a row, but someone's going to have to do it here unless obviously there's a tie. But I think it's Brady because who's going to end up losing because there's just too many question marks. The Chiefs have their own problems, but I think Andy Reid's going to be able to scheme up some plays and put enough points on the board to uh, sustain the win here. I like the Chiefs in this one and to cover as well. I'm going to go Chiefs 27, Bucks 17. So Chiefs minus three with under 45 hitting. Despite being 2-1 and one and losing that close game to the Packers, it's hard to argue that Tampa Bay has really looked good this year, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, though, been taking care of business like usual as they're one of the top three units definitely in the NFC. Offense just not clicking right now with some offensive line injuries. Evans missed last week with the suspension. Chris Godwin and Julio have been out. The Brady drama just things really aren't go- going right on that side of the ball, and it's just a weird situation right now in Tampa Bay, and I don't think you can you can trust them. If you're a betting man, they're a team that I wouldn't be putting my money on right now. Um, then you look at the Chiefs. They gave away a win last week with some missed kicks, a fake field goal, which I'll never understand why running like a fake field goal or a fake punt when you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Um, I know they're missing Tyreek Hill now, and outside of Travis Kelsey, not that many consistent options in the passing game, but still, I'm not taking – Mahomes and Kelsey off the field to run some bullshit fake field goal play. I uh, got a little too cute, and they played a Colts team that was in total desperation mode. I'm not really reading much into that loss. I'm not worried about them at all, but I am really concerned about Tampa's offense, which is why I got to go with the Chiefs. Brady has only lost back-to-back games once with the Bucks, and that was in 2020 against first the Rams and then lost to the Chiefs. So I think history repeats itself here as Patrick Mahomes comes out with something to prove against potentially the best defense in the NFL. He wants to show them up, prove that he's the best quarterback in the league still. And until the Bucks prove me otherwise on offense, I'm going to have to pick against them where they've only averaged 17 points per game through three games. I'm very skeptical of this team right now. So Chiefs 27, Bucks 17. In our last game of the week, we go to Monday night for an NFC West rivalry. Rams at 2-1 and one at the 49ers, who are 1-2, and 8-15 on ESPN. 49ers, 2.5-point favorite over under 42.5. I got the 49ers 23, Rams 21. So the Rams cover in there in the over of 42 and a half hidden. I really struggled with this game. I kept, this was the one game that I kept flipping back and forth on. Both teams have struggled for different reasons this year at different times. So I'm not sure entirely what to make of each team. Rams aren't the same offense as last year. I think it's a combination of a bunch of things, including Whitworth retiring, Stafford potentially are probably not playing at 100% not having OBJ, and it's just also really hard to sustain success in this league. The Rams' defense this year is dead last in pressure rate, while the 49ers are also first, so that's a big thing, I think, going into the game. Even though the loss of Trent Williams for the Niners is big, the Rams' D-line hasn't 
the name will just show up at every point this year. So I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal in this game here. The Rams last road win against the Niners came in 2018 and the 49ers have had the Rams number the past couple of years. The Niners defense will be able to hold down the Rams offense that isn't as powerful as it used to be. And I think Garoppolo is going to be able to make enough throws in the game to come out on top. I like the, the 49ers here too. I'm going to take them to cover though. 49ers 20 for Rams 20. So Niners, Niners minus two and a half over 42 and a half. Another two teams that came into the year with Super Bowl expectations, but haven't really looked too sharp out of the gate. Uh, defensively, the Niners have been awesome, only allowing 12.3 points per game, holding their opponents to only 246 yards. Um, the Rams are only putting up 20 points per game and aren't looking like that same high-flying offense we saw last year, besides Cooper Cup, who has continued to dominate. The Rams have really struggled to run the ball, and they face this elite run defense now, so I expect heavy dosage of passing from Stafford, and which you touched on, Kev, with who's might not be playing at full, full 100% health. That could be an issue in this one. Um, maybe they finally are able to unleash Allen Robinson, or he might just be washed. He battled constant soft tissue injuries over the years, so he just he just might not have any juice left in the tank. Uh, but people forget the 49ers had that NFC title game one last year, but dropped that interception that would have sealed it. Before last year's NFC title game, the 49ers had a six-game win streak against the Rams, and I don't think that's a joke. I don't think that's a coincidence or anything. I think that physical nature that they have and that kind of mindset that they play with each week is, was wears out the Rams and the players are extra motivated to play those guys each and every year. I think Shanahan has the boys ready to go in this one and they went at home to avoid falling to one and three. So Niners minus two and a half and over 42 and a half. Uh, how about your best bet of the week now, Kev? Want, want to know here last week and want to know with your upset special. So see if you can keep it rolling. I'm going Cowboys minus three versus the Commanders. The Eagles last week kind of put the blueprint out there. The Cowboys are going to follow. Parsons and Lawrence could have a field day against the Wentz who holds onto the ball and the terrible offensive line. Cooper Rush has also shown he can be trusted, and he won't need to put up a ton of points points up on the board to win this game. So I'm going Cowboys minus three. All right. I'm going to go my best bet of the week. I'm going to take the Lions, Seahawks under 50. These two teams are averaging a combined 47 points per game with the Seahawks only scoring 15.7 points per game so far. I really like the Lions to win in this one. I think they could win going away. I think we're looking at like a 31-14 type game here. I just don't really see these two teams finding a way to engage in a high-level shootout. Seahawks haven't broken a total of 50 in any of their games this year, and I think the Lions defensive line is going to give that young Seattle offensive line some trouble, causing some turnovers and whatnot, and leading to a pretty comfortable win by the Lions. So with that being said, I like Lions spread as well in this one. Not sure what the number is right now, but I just don't see the Seahawks being able to put up a lot of points in this one with Geno Smith still at the helm. So I like the under in this game. Um, and then we go to our upset special. I'll start us off with this one. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons this week against the Browns. Currently plus two. Um, so they're plus 110 on the money line. Falcons are better than expected. I think they're, they've been a bit more surprising. Um, and, and having some more success on the offensive side of the ball with Mariota and some of those young young offensive pieces with Cordell Patterson turning in a second straight good season at the running back spot in a row. Uh, they're a fourth quarter collapse away from against the Saints from being two and one. You can see that, say that about a lot of teams, but still, that's a team that a lot of people didn't look at coming into the year as a team that would be winning four or five games. They're definitely looking like a team that has potential to do that. 
Miles Garrett could be out this week for the Browns after that scary car accident. And despite Jacoby Brissett's pretty good start to the season, I don't have faith in him to continue winning games on a week-to-week basis. So especially going on the road here, that's never easy in the NFL, despite the home team that you're traveling to. Uh, I think it, it's things are looking good for the Falcons this week, uh, potentially even going forward to be like a six- or seven-win team. But I like them to pull off the upset this week, plus 110 on the money line there against the Browns. So my upset special is the Cardinals plus one and a half, plus 100 at the Panthers. Both teams really aren't great, and I'm struggling with this pick a little bit. But I just think the Cardinals are a better team than the Panthers, and I don't trust Baker Mayfield at any point in a game at this point in his career. And I also just think Matt Rule might be on the way out. So I see the Cardinals in the upset victory here. You think Matt Rule will be spending some more time at Cape May? He definitely will. All right, well, that'll do it for NFL Big Five Games of the Week. Any last-second comments before we head out, Kev? Hopefully the birds move to 4-0. All right, we will talk next week.